Well, hello. My name is Father Wes Christie, and I do still preach here at All Saints, in case you were wondering, though it has been a while. Yet, I must admit, it's been nice to be able to take a, a, a summer breather for a few weeks. And really, I mean, come on, what a blessing it is that we have so many capable people to call upon to fill our pulpit, from Bishop Bill to Deacon Kevin to Olivia Abernathy, Dr. Logan Hampton, Dr. Gary Osborne, Father Herb Han, and finally last Sunday, Father Chuck. So a big thank you to them all. I realized, though, that I was pushing my luck when last week one of you came up to me and asked when you were scheduled to preach. I won't mention any names, William Richards, who wasn't even here today, you know, but uh, anyway, it is good to, to be back. Uh, this past Tuesday, we had our July vestry meeting, and like we always do, we began going around the table, taking turns, sharing with one another what was currently happening in our lives. And what was shared felt like a Mack truck slamming straight into our hearts. Hard news after hard news. Someone's mentor had just passed away. Another was dealing with a, an estranged relationship with no sign of repair. Another was completely overwhelmed with his workload. And then one vestry member had just found out that her close friend, out of the blue, was diagnosed with aggressive terminal cancer with no treatment options available. All heavy, heavy stuff. The Apostle Paul writes about this in his letter to the Romans. We heard this a moment ago. He says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only creation, but we ourselves, Paul says, are groaning, hurting, bearing the weight of a world where things go not well. And each of us here can name some of those things that aren't going well, can't we? I mean, even among us right here at All Saints. A parishioner recently woke up one day without hearing in his right ear. And now he's having to receive these painful steroid injections in that ear in the hope that maybe some of his hearing will come back. A 17-year-old young man was unloading pews for our new nave last week. He apparently suffered a heat stroke, lost feeling and movement in his right leg. 17 years old. Someone's son here threatens to leave his young family. A daughter is constantly degraded by her own parents. This is here at All Saints. And then there are those here suffering with loneliness or substance abuse, depression and anxiety. It goes on and on, right? Right? Our lives are all very messy at times. And if you're like me, it's, it's during the messiness of life, it's during these times when things go not well, that we begin to wonder, what in the world is God doing? Or where in the world has God retreated to? That's because, you know, for most of us, we have been led to believe that God's main job in our lives is to clear a straight path for us, you know, to, to make things easier, to, to make things more comfortable. 
I mean, he is our refuge, right? I mean, he is our, our good shepherd. That's what the scriptures say. Doesn't that mean that he will protect us from all the wolves, from all the messiness that life brings? Isn't he supposed to lead us beside the still waters? <laughs> so why then does my life right now feel like I'm in the middle of a storm? Why does my life feel so messy and out of sorts at times? It must be, we reckon, that it's because God has withdrawn or, or maybe, maybe I did something. Maybe I, I pushed him away. I can guarantee you that something like this is how Jacob felt in our reading today from Genesis 28. For like us at times, Jacob's life in this moment was a mess. The first line in our passage, you know, it it sounds fairly ho-hum, but there's actually a lot of mess in these words. It says, Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. You see, Jacob had just tricked his father Isaac into giving his blessing to him instead of to his older brother Esau. His older brother Esau had been swindled, and so he was rightly livid at Jacob, out for some swift revenge. And so, for fear of his life, Jacob flees his family, flees the land of promise, and sets out on a long journey to Haran, some 500 miles to the north, back where Abraham, his grandfather, had lived before coming to Canaan. For the first time in his life, Jacob is truly on his own. Things are indeed a mess. His life in danger, his future unknown. And just like we do, he assumes that God is no longer with him. He assumes this not only because of the mess he is in, much of which he created himself, but also because he has only known God to be the God of Abraham, right? The God of Isaac. You see, the God of heaven and earth had chosen to dwell among a particular family in a particular place, and Jacob had abandoned both. And so it was inconceivable for Jacob to imagine anything else that, you know, for all intents and purposes, God is now nowhere to be found. And again, I I think this can be true of us as well. When life brings us the unexpected, you know, when, when things go not well in our lives, our imaginations have this 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 knee-jerk reaction. And they get locked into certain conceptions of God that only make things worse. God must be testing me, we think. He must be punishing me for something I did. Yes, God must be the one who is responsible for bringing all these horrible things into my life for some unknown reason. Or perhaps we conclude that God no longer cares and that I deserve it. And so he's withdrawn his favor. He has lifted his hand of blessing from my life and left me in this messy situation all on my own. Yes, just like Jacob, we assume the worst about God. The story goes on to say that Jacob comes to, quote, a certain place. No no place in particular, a place with no name, a a place between somewhere and, and nowhere. And the only thing that can bring him a little reprieve in this dark place is to lie down and 
use a cold stone for a pillow. Certainly, there is no hope to be found here. But then the most amazing thing occurs. Jacob dreams of the God of Abraham in a way he did not expect. Now, the famous ladder in his dream was no surprise to Jacob, except that it's probably not a ladder, but a staircase running up the side of an artificial mountain that people in ancient Mesopotamia would build, a tower called a ziggurat. You see, back in those days, the gods were thought to live up in the heavens, up in the skies, so that in order to worship the gods, the ancients would build a a great mound where they would place a temple on top. So that the gods could dwell there and and people could climb the ziggurat staircase to meet with the gods. But what is remarkable about Jacob's dream is that he sees God not at the top of this stairway, as one would expect, but at the bottom, at his very side. Verse 13, and the Lord stood beside Jacob. You see, Jacob discovers that the God of Abraham isn't confined to the the land of Abraham, and neither is he confined up in the heavens to the top of a ziggurat. No, surprise, surprise. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, is with you, Jacob, right there in the middle of your messy reality. Let's go back to our vestry meeting last week for a moment after we had checked in with each other and shared all those heavy updates. We then turned our attention to a book that we've been slowly working through throughout the year, reflecting on one of its chapters for each of our meetings. And lo and behold, the chapter for this month was entitled this, God Meets Us in Our Messy Realities. (laughs) In the face of all those heavy and hard things we had shared with each other, That was exactly what we needed to hear. That God doesn't cause our messy realities. And that God doesn't leave us while we sort out our messy realities. But rather, as with Jacob, he stands beside us in the midst of our messy realities. God meets us in the mess. My friends, this is really the heart of the gospel message, isn't it? That long lay the world in sin and error pining until he appeared. That is, Jesus appeared as one of us and for each of us. And rather than hiding himself from the groanings of the world, rather than kind of pushing that away and standing aloof high up in the heavens, no, God meets us down here in the mess in the person of Jesus Christ. All you have to do is look at the life and ministry of Jesus to discover how central this was for him. That meeting us in the mess is exactly what he came to do. That Jesus was was never repulsed by the messiness of the world, but, but rather surprisingly and really wonderfully, Jesus delights to meet people right where they are, wherever that might be. Paralyzed and on a stretcher, Jesus is there and lifts them up. Crawling in the dust of a busy street, reaching out to touch the hem of his garment, Jesus stops and turns around and and lifts her up. Sitting in a tax booth, 
despised by the crowds? Well, Jesus draws near to him too and says, come, follow me. Surrounded by a mob with stones in their hands ready to let them fly, Jesus is there and he disperses the crowd and releases the captive. Or perhaps disillusioned in a fishing boat after denying his Lord three times, Jesus still draws near, comes to Peter to forgive and to restore. Jesus is drawn to all of our messes. He loves to meet us in the mess. And my friends, he wants to do the same with you. Wherever you are right now, whatever mess you find yourself in, whatever situation feels out of your control, Jesus delights to meet you in that place where you least expect him to. This realization was revolutionary for Jacob. So much so that when Jacob wakes up from his dream, he says something that should become a mantra for each and every one of us. I love this line. He says, surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. That's what we ought to tell ourselves over and over again, no matter where we are in life, no matter where we go, that even as our psalm today puts it, if I climb up to the highest heaven, if I make my bed in the grave, if I, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, if I say, surely darkness is covering me up, no one can find me here. But no matter where I am in life, I can still say with Jacob, surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't even know it. My friends, this is good news. Let me ask you, where is your mess this morning? Or what is your mess? What situation or relationship are you in right now that is causing you pain, that you don't know what to do? Where in your life are you currently caught between somewhere and nowhere, certain that there is no hope to be found? It's exactly in these spaces that you need to take a closer look. It's exactly in these messy situations and relationships that you must pay prayerful attention because God loves to meet you in these places. He loves to stand right there beside you as you lay in darkness. For there is not a place where you can flee from his presence because our God, the God of Abraham, the God who reveals himself to us in Jesus, he is always present and at work, especially in the messy realities of life. So please, friends, I urge you, look again. Look more closely. Take the time to pay attention, to slow down, to be still and silent, and above all, to be prayerful in that no-name place that you're stuck in, in whatever hardship is pressing you down. Open your eyes and ask yourself, what do I see? How is Jesus present and at work here? What is he wanting to say to me right now? What is he wanting to teach me? What might he want to give me? And then open your hands. Because surely the Lord is in those places. And we didn't even know it.
Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise that you pursue us, that no matter where we are in life, no matter the mess that we're caught in, no matter how, how difficult a situation feels, you stand there beside us. You are holding us. You are lifting us up. Will you please, by your Spirit, give us eyes to see things that we couldn't see before, to see those things that you want to show us, that you want to teach us, that you want to give us, and then may we receive them with open hands. Lord, may we find you in the mess of our lives, we pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.